Hey everybody, welcome to Askler for September 2020. There's been a lot of Askler on the channel actually this month. <laughs> that but that was all that was all for packs. That was all extracurricular Askler with three different panels for North America, Europe and Australia, broadly speaking. But but really anyone can enjoy them. But this is the one that we said we would do for September 2020 and I'm here uh, I'm Graham. Hello. I'm here with Serge. Hello. And Benjamin Wheeler. Ahoy. And this is the episode of Askler where we take the questions from you, the YouTube members, in the monthly post where you get to ask us questions to do on Askler. And uh, it's three different folks every every time. And this time it's us. Hello. Uh, Hello. A reminder that uh, everything that we do is supported directly by you, whether it is being a member here on the youtube.com slash loading ready run or on our patreon patreon.com slash loading ready run or subscribing on our twitch or buying our t-shirts or however it is that you do it practically everything uh comes directly from you so so thank you we really appreciate it uh let's jump right into some questions question one is it possible to get closed captioning up on the twitch streams I know it may be difficult with streaming from any different location setups right now, but it is an accessibility feature that would be very much appreciated. That's a question from Wondermoo, and there's a very easy answer. Uh, yes, there's. I'm. I'm kind of embarrassed that we didn't already have this, but it's. I believe a, just a Twitch extension that we can have on the channel, and then it's optionally there or not if people want it, and it uh, will add closed captions to the streams. So, That's an am sorry. Yeah, that, no, like, sorry. There's an amazing thing about that feature is just what you were saying is that if people don't want them, they can easily turn it off too. So it's not even as if people like, oh, there's words on the stream I don't want to see. You're like, all right, just mm -hmm. click a button and they're hidden. Just win win. Yeah, I don't even know. I I assume I don't. I'm I am betting there by the time you're seeing this, this will be active already. But I assume that there are different extensions that, to choose from and there's ways to have them opt in or opt out or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to do that. We'll probably do the same as the YouTube channel where they're opt in uh, because they're on all of our YouTube videos and they're not custom handwritten. And with Twitch, even they're being done live, which is even more impressive. And, you know, so it's it won't be perfect, but it will at least be helpful and so yeah i that thank you for asking because i i don't know just a complete oversight that they weren't there already so there i mean are. be real i don't have it on my channel and i probably should too i mean i think it's the sort of thing that as uh sort of able-bodied privileged people we can kind of sleep on and it's not ever malicious just just like of course yeah so all right next question What's your favorite kind of dog? My girlfriend says Serge seems like the type of person who squeals when they see a corgi. Question have you ever Eric. watched? Have you ever watched a corgi try and chase a ball? It's just like <laughs> it tries so hard, and then and then sometimes they're a little they're a little too top heavy, and they finally succeed in catching the ball, especially when they're young, and they just like flip because you know they're like yes, center of gravity. Oh no, I've made a mistake. <laughs> It's it's not so much running though. Like you used the word running, right? 
It's more just like a very tiny, fluffy seesaw being like repeatedly slammed <laughs> on each side for a yeah. corgi. Corgis, I mean, they ambulate, they move. There's a way that they get around this world, yes. but I, I, I don't know that it's. Yeah, it's not really running. It's like doing. It's like doing the worm, all all the time. Just like they can zoom. They got some hustle. Like they oh, try. Yeah, no, they, they oh, go. they try. All right, but like actual favorite kind of dogs, I have a tendency to like small dogs with jowls. The more the more jowl, the more I just want to go up and just like do this, the better the dog. Uh, for example, I don't know if you've ever watched a basset hound run in slow motion. Oh, oh, I'll just laugh until I cry. Like, yeah, give me give me jowls. That's what I want in a dog. I mean, I am a big fan of corgis. Uh, the like small dogs, but not like the yippy dogs. Though I did see a mm. Norfolk Terrier once that was like the cutest dog I've ever seen in my life. But I mean, I mean, you know, like the the big charismatic fluffy ones, like huskies and samoids, are also amazing. Dogs do not interface with my lifestyle well, which is why <laughs> which is why we have cats. But I am not. <clears throat> You know, I am not a cat person to the exclusion of dogs. All dogs are good dogs, just not in my house. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I just really like dogs. Well, uh, you're the only person amongst the three of us who has a dog. Yeah, I have a Boston Terrier that is uh, also potentially part goblin. Uh, <laughs> I, so I like those dogs. Like, bo like I love Bostons. Um... I, I enjoy the company of uh, a French bulldog and whatnot, but uh, pugs, those kind of things. I feel bad for them slightly because, again, mm. breathing issues and all that. But, like, it's, like, my dog goes from, when I look at her, I go, like, God, you're an absolutely disgusting creature. <laughs> to, like, a second later being like, oh, my God, I will die for you. You're so <laughs> cute. Um but I really, oh, no. my favorite, and what I really want is either a Chow Chow or a Sharpay. Wow. I want a Give big them wrinkles. dog that can beat yeah. the crap out of me. Like, I want, oh. yeah, I just want, like, a gigantic, like, oh, my God, are you actually just, like, a bear or, like, <laughs> a lion or a combination of them? But they also don't really, those types of dogs do not mesh well with my lifestyle as well it's a lot cuter when it's like oh a little dog i can pick up and put on my lap hey stream look at this then like <laughs> getting tackled off my chair by a dog that's like hey uh you haven't paid attention to me in like a minute please do so i straight up did not know you had a dog oh yeah yeah uh her name's piglet um nicknamed uh pig which is the uh, well her name her real name is pig we call her piglet while people ask what her name is because <laughs> that, that can generate a couple of odd yeah yeah from like, wait wait people. you named your dog pig you're like i promise you it wasn't an insult yeah if the person that asks is born before 1970 it's piglet if it's born after it's usually pig or uh piggy which is like a subtle jojo's reference but yeah oh yeah she's a delight You'd just be like, uh, it's the pig. You named your dog pig? Yeah, wait till they meet my pig. Yeah. 
What's your pig name? Cat. Aardvark. How kind of menagerie you got going on over there? Everything. It, it's, it was an awkward scenario. We're lining up the spreadsheet to name the animals, but we were like one column off, so it just looks, it's just a mess and takes too long to fix now, so whatever. Yeah, dog named Pig. There we go. All right. Next up, we have Ben. Being more or less the newest member of LRR, what has it been like for you? You can you at home can read ahead. We'll we'll take we'll take each of these sentences at a time. This is all from Pinball Witch. Let's start there. Uh, so part of it is that I've known all of you for like a decade plus mm-hmm. by now. So that part was just kind of like. These are the same people I've known for X amount of years. Uh, but then the whole like, hey, I should do content creation. And then they're the whole, oh my God, this is actually happening. Uh, was great because not often do people have resources in their grasp of people that they know and whose company they enjoy to be like, hey, how do you do thing? Please help. This is chaos. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it's, it felt very subtle, but, uh, I mean, Hey, Ant-Man and uh, AKA Paul Rudd ended up in the uh, Avengers movies in the end. So, uh, you know, the, the prophecy was fulfilled. <laughs> what, a, what a reference there. Uh, so pinball, which continues surge as someone who's been around for quite a while, but definitely increased in activity more as time went on. What about you? So this is interesting and something I've been reviewing um, increasingly is how time is so weird. Uh, Great, great English surge. So let's talk about this uh, in some numbers. Some of my first things with Loading Ready Run were in like late 2013, early 2014. Wow. Which is six, seven years from now, which is kind of absurd. Uh, And it started from, hey, I have friends I play magic with who turns out some people like care a great deal about them to, Oh, Hey, this is kind of neat. I'm now occasionally being in videos. And then there was this really weird period of like, is this my job? And now it's like, Hey, guess this is my job. It was, it it just kind of, it was like this, this weird spectrum from like no involvement to literally my full-time gig. And it was like, And it wasn't ever really deliberate because especially in, uh, actually, I think there's a question later on that might touch on this too, but we'll see if we answer too much of it. Especially in the early days, I didn't want to be a bother. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk about mm-hmm. that. Like sometimes it's, it's really tough where with parasocial relationships and the nature of people who are online a lot of the time and you watch the content, you're just like, I'm a friend. But I know sometimes this can get really weird when you're trying to like make plans and hang out with people outside of stuff like that. So I'm just never going to try and be around or ask to be in things. And then you can't, you kind of always get up in your own head when you're like, okay, what is my position? What is my relationship in here? When is it acceptable to ask to be in a thing that I want to be there? When am I overstepping things? And then always being way too conservative and then stepping back and then being like, okay, I'm in. Am I in? I have another job on the outside. Oh God. So it's... there you go. That 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 was my insight for somebody who's been around a lot longer, and I think that that's only recently gone away. <laughs> it, it's comforting to know that 
that is the feeling of like, okay, so I'm doing things, but I'm also doing my own things. But like, like, am I allowed to like pitch? Like, am I allowed to make a suggestion or like, is it, am I asking to be in too many things? Oh God, I don't know. But that it's just like, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, no, uh, if we didn't want you to do things, we probably wouldn't ask you to do all these things. And it's always in your head. Yay. <laughs> and fundamentally, the way that people sort of get more involved is by by saying, hey, I could do that. <laughs> like that traditionally, that is how it has worked. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like with Surge, you know, specifically, like you were, you know, without specifics, you were working in tech and then you were like, because you were like, this is what I ought to be doing, and then you did not enjoy that particular. No, I really did oh. And then that's when I was like, "Hey, if you're between things, can I get you to help produce this show?" <laughs> In the meantime, uh, which was Road Quest, and you did an amazing job with that. And then oh, you. uh, you've uh, like really ramped up your your own content creation since then, and. Now you don't have to work in tech. <laughs> it, so just, just to speak to that for a second, it was very interesting. Um, in 2013, I quit my job in coffee and went and toured the world with Joe to be like, okay, I need a hard break. need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And then as I was traveling, my friend May was just like, you could work in tech, tech. Everyone's working in tech, tech. Learn the program, program, program. <laughs> and I was like, I should work in tech. That's so simple. And then I just like, busted my ass for two or three years, you know, online courses, networking people, trying to do anything, got in at a ground level job, worked my way up, did the startup thing, wore 14 hats. And I was like, I'm finally in just like sweating and covered in scars. It was like, and I don't want to talk bad about it because obviously it's a great industry. A lot of people like, but it wasn't what it was sold to me for. It wasn't like we have 17 types of cereal and like, here's a free gym pass and here's hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was, I wasn't even getting paid that well. And it was interesting and parts of it were rewarding, but like the effort to get in versus that. So when the hard sell was like, Hey, you know, this content creation thing you've also been doing on the side for five years. What if you had an opportunity to do that full time? That was not a hard ask. <laughs> yeah. there's no way to say this without sounding like a tremendous dig on people who do work in tech many of whom are friends and are great people but you are far too of a gregarious people person to who's like out there and being you know thrives on you know being friendly and hanging out with people and, and like interacting and doing stuff to be in like an office tech job environment that's not you there was a very interesting uh, discrepancy between myself and the other project managers, the last company I worked at, because they would no, show up kidding. in suits. And I would show up in like my hoodie and my jeans and slippers. And I'd get into the boardroom, I'd take my slippers off, and I'd be like, all right, let's talk. And then <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, who, who is this joker? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm at a tech company. I'm not at a bank. Like, what's happening here? I, like, what? I feel our expectations are very different as to what you want me to do. My work is professional. I'm going to get everything done, but oh God, am I that person in like oh, Silicon boy. Valley that shows up in a board meeting in rollerblades and you're just like, West this isn't right. West Coast office. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I brought Tofurdy before we, Tofurdy before we start our meeting, but you have to finish it before you can talk. 
I kind of took us on a derail there. Apologies. Oh, it's fine. So then, yeah, then the third part of the question is, and Graham, as a founder, what's it like to being to, what has it been like getting to work with all these different talented people over the years? It's been great. Like, here's the thing, I've, you know, I've talked about this before. Um, I don't have a social life outside of Loading Ready Run. It's part of the reason that the pandemic's been so hard. Um, but it's like, all of the people at Loading Ready Run are my friends, and th th I have other friends out who don't work at Loading Ready Run, and I never see them. <laughs> right? I only see the people Mood. that I who, I who I work with. Right? And so it's yeah. like uh, that's that's terrific. Right? That's uh, wonderful. And um, I mean, obviously, as as we've said before, you know, like the if there if there has to be an end goal, it would be to be so self sufficient that it, we can. We, we could give everyone a you know full-time job with great pay that just lets them be creative and do whatever they want to do in a fulfilling way and uh you know we're not we're not there yet obviously but if we can't be there at least we can be in the position that we are where we get to be like you know hey wheeler you know come and be on our podcast you know, come and be in our content also everyone check out check out wheeler you know like it it at, at least we can you know be a little bit of a rising tide kind of thing i hope is at least how that's been working out so you know there's that <laughs> uh yes. yeah right i guess i'm reading the questions yes yeah, sir <laughs> for, uh, for all of you would you ever consider doing a dice friends dice of friends of the theros D, D set from joy brisson i just brought the source book home to read it <laughs> Is that like a real official Watsy thing that's out now? Is really? Yeah, it's I mean, uh, similar to the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Mm -hmm. It's it's called like Odysseys and Heroes or something. It it, it is it's a it's a um, it's it's not a campaign. It's a setting source book for running D and D fifth edition ca uh, campaigns in the world of Theros. And uh, we've look, we've got dice friend stuff planned for some time, and I am too busy right now. Mm -hmm. But I would love at some point in the future to actually like run a Theros campaign. I think that would be a blast. Did they rework all the classes? Like instead of warrior, are you a hoplite? And they so just like everyone... slightly shifted. Like there's no ogres, and said you're a minotaur or stuff like that. <laughs> So yeah, so there's the different races that are all from like the magic cards. There's minotaurs mm. and tritons and and um, I don't know if you can actually play a dryad, but there certainly are a lot of enemies in the back of the book. <laughs> um, and like every, it's sort of the conceit is like everyone are heroes, right? So you can be whatever class you want, but everyone is a, is a hero, and you are you sort of you have a a, a deity. You know, one of the Theros pantheon from from the cards, who is like your deity, and that sort of affects things in different ways. Huh. You can you can not have a deity. It is unusual, but you you know you there's always opportunity for the for a player to do that sort of thing. And uh, you know, you get to go off on an odyssey, and I'm like, this sound, this is great stuff. Like I enjoy <laughs> reading it. Are you much of a D and D human wheeler? I've the only pen and paper game I've played was like a like an evening where it was just like a, a an off, one shot a one shot. Mm -hmm. We yeah. sat down, we knew the rules, and we played, and it was great. And I have never played any other kind of game like that since. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really want to, 
well. But it's also just like when you don't know anything about anything, it's hard to find how to do that thing. Especially when you're in like like if I'm streaming and I mention it offhand, there will be like five different people that each give a different way to start and a different rule set. And then all of a sudden you have people screaming about Pathfinder. And I'm like, what? No, Dungeons and Dragons, not Pathfinder. <laughs> and I like, they're like, you got to start with uh, um, number five and then, or 3.5. And there's just a bunch oh, of numbers God. screaming at each other. So what like, if... okay, I'm going to step back. Question for you, Wheeler. Is this like trying to get into anime in your 30s? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, see, if you if you get into anime and you're wow. a kid, it's super easy. But if there's decades of built-up understanding and everything, and somebody's like, oh, yeah, just start with JoJo. Someone else can be like, no, you idiot, don't start with JoJo. Start with Inuyasha. Or, like, I don't know. I it's, don't know. It's like, honestly, I think the, the better one is, like, it's getting into baking bread beyond, like, a very entry-level mindset. Right? It'd be on like, all right, so you know now how to break, bake a loaf of bread, just like a normal easy peasy loaf. Uh, and then you're like, hey, what's the better way to move on from this point? And then you just have like sourdough. This is the flour you use. You need to do this <laughs> overnight. No, you idiot. You do this. And like, you need to buy this equipment, this equipment. Because with like anime or something, I think there's more of a like, if someone's just asking, like, hi, me no no anime, please give, then you can just be like, oh, here are the four shows that everybody will tell you to watch, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, it's everybody's, the first words that leave someone's lips is like, cowboy bebop. <laughs> but like, Mononoke. I mean, yeah. Cowboy I think you need that extra, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they're not, so, that, they're, they're all good, but they, you need that little, like, added, um, bit of like personal preference, I think. That... Yeah, but I mean, it's tricky to get to when you're to avoid getting into the situation, which it sounds like is what people are talking to you about when they talk about D and D. Of it's not like with anime. There's certain things. There's also way less buy-in with something like anime. But yeah, you can be like, you know, these are the shows that just they hold up their good classic shows but really you should just start watching like whatever whereas with i think with dnd when someone's like oh well you should start with you know dnd 3.5 it's like no no S someone new should not start with dnd 3.5 you started with dnd 3.5 mm -hmm. and that was your course through dnd and that worked out great for you but uh someone new who's joining the game now should look at fifth edition the most recent edition that they're actively supporting because it's also more user-friendly fifth edition is actually really good um, th yeah there was some there was some drama around fourth edition and some changes made there but the point is that i you know i think if someone's listening to this or even for yourself i think if someone's looking at getting into tabletop role-playing games now you know i think that D, &D is like it's it's meant to be the entry point, right? And then you yeah. can go off and get into like, you know, like vampire or, or um, I don't know. I mean, like paranoia, all the stuff that we play on, on Dice Friends. You should come on Dice Friends sometime. Ooh. I'd love to. Learn again, on, learn we have on that, camera. Again, we have that planned for a 
yeah. some distance yeah. in the future. But maybe yeah. maybe some type of the- supposed theoretical uh, Theros D&D campaign. <laughs> oh. uh, next question for Surge. Is there anything LRR related from the days before you? Jo- I guess this, ah. is, this could apply to yeah. Wheeler as well. Uh, from the days before you joined LRR that you wish you could have been a part of from day four. I mean, I think I touched on this a little bit in in the early days. Uh, I was trying harder not to get in the way, hmm. which is a weird thing. It, it was never. I don't know. I. I never really had a big feeling of FOMO of shows. Um, right. you know, cause it wasn't like, oh, I don't know anything about improv. Put me on this improv bit that a little bit of stage fright would just be like, nope. So it was, it was always sort of th- this other thing. It was every time I was invited to be on everything, I was thrilled, but I never felt like I was missing out because I guess, I guess the important thing to state here is being friends with you was never my, my, my end goal was never to have a job. <laughs> Right. right yeah like i don't i don't know how else to put that it wasn't like ah great i'm gonna befriend this graham fellow and then i'll get my in on the internet and so i i don't know i maybe that's a weirder thing of looking at the relationship it was, it was sort of an organic thing of become friends with people my friends need a hand now i'm on a show i don't <laughs> wheeler you got anything to add on that i don't know well i mean yeah to kind of tie into that like the the thing the only thing that really came to mind was i guess even after i had been like i had been doing north 100 and i had appeared on some random uh, streams by this time but like like the only thing that ever came to my mind of like god i really want to get onto one of these was the ppr and that was only after i had started streaming and gotten my stream to a level where i'm like ah I am a big enough that I feel like I can have an audience and go on the PPR and people go, oh, that's Wheeler. And then people that don't know me go, who Wheeler? Me want watch. Um, but it wasn't like, uh, yeah, if I if I saddle up to the Stark fellow, maybe I'll get uh, in his good books and like sending <laughs> bundles of like dilly bars to Turner's house or like whatever, you know, that kind of thing like that. Yeah. Um, but no, my goal was the P, like I was like, I want to get on the PPR. Because teaching people how to play magic or like playing magic in a way that like is more informative is my favorite thing in the world. And uh, I, we got there. Hey. You just gave me it. a mental image of like James reclining in a pile of papers and popsicle sticks. <laughs> yeah. From piles of dilly bars just being like. I think we should get Wheeler on the PPR. He's just like halfway through a Dairy Queen sponsored coma. And he's like, you should have given me mini blizzards instead. And just burps up like a yeah popsicle stick. I, I mean, I kind of do love the idea of like a very corrupt James who you have to give ice cream bribes to get favors to get anything done. It's just oh, like, how does anything Lord. ever get done in, in Lure? And James is like, eye cream? Yeah, that's the. But it's like more I, menacing. That's the narrative. That's my narrative for James is that it's just I don't know why he's become the corrupt politician. Graham is like Ebenezer Scrooge in all of my jokes. Like Surge is Hank Scorpio. I don't know why that I'm not. I don't see all of you as villains. If that wasn't evidently clear, Hank but it just like Scorpio, as, just as a joke, billionaire, like just hmm. I, yeah, I mean, nice. Ooh, from a Bond friendly. movie. Yeah, would you no, know, try to end the world. Is, 
Hey, well, Scorpio's from The Simpsons from, search. Yeah. Oh, that's a parody of, of a James villain. Oh. Uh, and involved in so, tech. So this is what a, happens uh, when you just skim yeah. a Wikipedia article. I see the name and then I see Bond, but I, I miss the word parody. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, all righty. Uh, the Anti-Muffin asks, I've loved watching the crap load compilations and I've come across a few crap shots I'd forgotten about, even though I rewatched them during the bracket. Are there any hidden crap shot gems you forgot about and rediscovered from the compilations? Yes, and now I can't remember any of them. Um, well, I think that's a joke that comes up oftentimes when we talk about our own content is the goldfish-like memory we have in remembering anything that we've actually done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like, I'm done that. Now I'm thinking of new content. I'm not thinking of the content we've made. That's for you to watch. <laughs> um, I forgot how many, how many Krog shorts we had done. Yeah. A lot of those. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of little ones that are just sort of like, I don't remember this at all. Just little, pardon me, little random sketches in around the moon base they're just sort of like i don't do i know this one i don't seem to recognize this one there's one where alex and kathleen find a secret secret compartment in a camera bag and use it to store the special horse meth <laughs> and it ends up with them like knocked out on the couch both wearing horse heads and beach comes in and is like disappointed dad at them and like that's the crap shot it's like what on earth Oh, actually, I remember one now. Um, the one, uh, I think it's called like the Prophecy or something. And it's Alex stumbling into the office wearing like a robe and all disheveled and like sunken eyes. And he's just like, I've done it. I've been to the the peak of the mountain and I've found out the, you know, the, the secret, the true secret to comedy. The, the secret. And then Andy, I think, cuts him off and is like, timing? And then Alex is really upset. He's like, no. <clears throat> actually the secret <laughs> it and then the it cuts the, that's the end of the crap shot it's just like it's it's this is a good one i've ruined it now it's better in the original form that was pretty good delivery <laughs> yeah I, so i enjoyed it i thought i had watched most because uh joe and i actually enjoy watching a lot of cur people often cur content yeah and it's amazing when something comes out as frequently as the crap shots did especially like two per week for ages and mm -hmm. then weekly for a while too how you can just easily miss one and then watching back through the compilations like i could have sworn i'd seen them all what's this yep uh i guess that i guess that's it so like we don't have any <laughs> so the answer i guess anti-muffin is yes can't think of any offhand uh, next, we have hosting, judging, competing. What do you like to do most? Not the obvious MTG angle, but for anything else show slash stream related, is there anything of them you like to do more? Serge? So I want to talk about the, the, the magic angle of the first question there, hosting, judging, right. or competing, because that's something I've got to do everything. I've, I mean, I get to do commentary on like the um highlander things that we do especially we're bringing the big tournaments i also got to do some commentary for cfb which was very interesting of course i'm a judge and most of my capacity for the pprs is as a judge and i also get to play 
as a player in the Friday Night Paper Fight. And I think that's actually the order I enjoy them in. It's just like doing commentary was fascinating. Getting to talk about magic, I've been enjoying a lot more. It's, I think when I look at those three things, commentary is possibly the most fun and the lowest stakes, <laughs> which is kind of weird. It's I put of the three, I put the most pressure on myself as a judge, um, and especially when I judge the PPR, the opportunity for me to make a mistake and then have a player take that mistake and bring it to their store or bring that to a tournament and them being like what no i know how the cards work i saw a judge on the internet talk about it this is the interaction and they're like oh no turns out that judge is an idiot and now you don't it, like just the the knock-on effect of any mistake that i can make as a judge on one of these shows is so big that my the margin for error i give myself is so 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 small mm -hmm. um and it's not to say i don't enjoy doing that but it's way more fun just to kind of goof about and talk about plays um playing is fun obviously i wouldn't be into magic if i still didn't enjoy that but like compared to the other two it's like Playing is already amazing, and everything else is just built on top of that. I, for, okay, so I agree with the commentary thing. You and I are on the same page. Commentary is so, oh God, it's the most fun thing that yeah. I think you can do. And especially when you get, I mean, for people like yourself and I that get way too ecstatic, dangerous levels of excitement over certain things <laughs> that like aren't exciting. always rel like they're not always going to be the most exciting naturally or even to like the broadest audience but because we get really into it then the viewer is going to get really into it as well right um and i think that at least for me when i did you know commentary every time at the highlander year end i'm always like god i hope I either I always say I either want to win the whole thing or I want to lose early so that I can try and commentate. Been really bad at uh, doing both of those things. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. tend to <laughs> yeah tend to stick to get to the finals and then lose, which is the worst outcome. Um, but like doing the CFB stuff, it's just yeah. I don't know. I watch a lot. I used to watch a lot of esports and like FGC stuff. And I think that that is something I'd like to see more of in Magic commentary, like kind of this, you know, sincere excitement, but at least some kind of self-awareness that you're watching cards, right? You're watching like digital cards and just be like, oh, unbelievable. He played a mana dork, like that kind of thing. <laughs> um, judging, I, I've, I've been doing it for God knows how long. Or I was a judge for over about a decade, I want to say. I'm no longer one. Um, but my favorite stuff was the TO side of it. Mm. So making sure that all the ducks are in a row, everything is going as according, uh, and just making sure, you know, the event is running smoothly. Um, and I think that for me, my one of my personal strengths is that everything can be on fire and somebody would run up to me and be like ben oh my god the building's on fire oh my god what do we do and it's like well i mean we should probably put it out huh just like that's i just <laughs> just put, any put the fire out forehead get a blanket yeah, well i mean <laughs> not not as much like oh put it out <laughs> but just like i any i tend to react very like oh okay well we should resolve this then 
like the answer is clear then we need to resolve this and just to do it i i work well in those kind of situations and to me it's not much but at the end of the day just like getting tons of people going out and be like thanks for the event it was a blast i can't wait to look for you know i can't i i look forward to the next one like running pp or uh, pre-releases most so goddamn rewarding um and then like Every time I think I miss competing, like if I watch like an old SCG VOD or I think about when, you know, I saw myself as good in this at this game in like a competitive, like higher end competitive level, I'm like, God, maybe I should do that again. But I'm just too tired and old all the time. And I'm just like, that's a lot. That's a it whole. It's so long. Day two of a GP, you're like, I'm already tired from half, like round God. two of day one. What do you mean day two? Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't want it. That's so much time. I don't want to do that. I rather, <laughs> so I rather help other people get prepared so that they do it, and then just be the dad on the sidelines. It's like, oh yeah, that's see that that's my boy. That's my boy right there. Yeah, exactly. I I rather take that coaching kind of like cheering squad <laughs> section. Sweet. What about you, G? I mean. As far as magic is concerned, I'm not a judge, uh, so I don't, you know, like magic specifically playing, I guess. But generally speaking, when you're talking about not just magic, I love hosting things. I, I really enjoy sort of um, being a uh, facilitator between someone else who is doing something or presenting something and the audience i like whatever it is if it if it is magic or or if it's you know like our stream where we're doing tech stuff you know like the times i've joined ian on tinker taylor which ian does a great job hosting on his own uh but i i i, I don't know i think i i enjoy doing it i think i have good instincts for what you know sometimes someone might not necessarily take into account how something comes across to an audience and allowing you know helping people out to explain and like now for the audience's benefit sort of thing you know that kind of aspect to it i really enjoy doing that i kind of like that a lot so yeah i don't know i'll i'll host anything <laughs> that's gonna be a problem at some point um <laughs> yep mr Mr. Twanzel asks, how much do you miss the pre-COVID moon base time? Oh, God, a lot. Mm. All the time. Yeah. Just, oh. Moments like this are great. Yeah. But I, I do miss seeing people in person and just sort of being like, who's hanging around the moon base now? Because, you know, there, there's there's a, it's it's less so now, but there there is always a clubhouse aspect to it and just sort of anyone can swing by and be like hey i was downtown just thought i'd come by and say hi and it's like oh cool you know and it, you know like sometimes it'll be like cool well we're in the middle of something so hello goodbye but you know it's just like oh hey come on in have a seat let's talk about whatever like oh did you see the trailer for whatever dropped this morning let's put it up on the big tv and we'll all we'll all watch it you know i miss i, I miss stuff like that a lot i, I realize just how much of my socializing kind of just happened from the moon base that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't know. Uh, we used we don't do as much behind the scenes content as as we used to do, and I I think mm. people think we're a lot more interesting than we are. But a lot of the behind the scene <laughs> content would be all of us in the friend zone, sitting there quietly watching someone stream, or even just watching our own stream. We're yeah. like, oh hey, look, like uh, Ben and Adam are doing. Let's nope. Let's just sit in the friend zone and not speak and watch them stream. <laughs> 
but you're doing it together, right? Uh, and 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 then maybe eating some delicious downtown food from restaurants that you could walk into and and get takeout mm-hmm. from, as opposed to call ahead and get takeout from. Oh God, everything. <laughs> Jesus, the I, world. Uh, I, the world I'm painting. <laughs> I miss what it's done to my scheduling. In a in a sense of like. Just being like, all right, well, that's another thing recorded. Time to go, but uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the little chat afterwards or whatever. Yeah. And it can start as as from something as like seemingly innocent of like, so you like that uh that new card they showed, and then an hour later, it's like Alex and I slumped on the couch talking about like depictions of trauma and loss in modern anime as opposed to the like late 80s early 90s uh era like shouting at each other and be like that's it that's it and like james is just in the middle headphones on like potentially asleep but his <laughs> eyes are kind of open on like a laptop and he'll just be like oh well that sucks and they're just like what oh okay well i guess uh he's up time to go but just like and then you like look at the phone it's like oh okay cool it's 2 30 now uh i was supposed to start my stream an hour and a half ago and just yeah i mean that sounds incredibly irresponsible and you know kind of bad just losing time for stuff like that but i don't know just being able to like you just have that like stream of consciousness talk right because now you don't get that it's you don't get that like coffee shop oh i ran into you let's talk about this thing Mm -hmm. um so just like that kind of like oh we just happened to be in the same place and we revved each other up and now we're both late yeah (laughs) yep uh oh and our last question from daniel is what's your favorite underrated movie I'll start with the Wheeler this time. All right. Okay. So I have two because I don't. I didn't know one of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually had three. This is like this is always (laughs) the thing. Four. I have four. Then do I hear? Funny you mention that because my (laughs) what I meant was I had ten. The thing is, this is always a tricky question because no matter what we're gonna say. Right. No oh, matter yeah. what we say, someone will be like, what do you mean underrated? That movie's amazing and everyone knows it. And it's like, well, yeah, I have I have this descriptor that I use my husband and I use called goon movies, which refers to films. Typically, they'll have like a 7.3 to 7.9 rating on like IMDb that just like music or not music uh, movie nerds and like especially on like forums and stuff all know about all talk about all love yeah. and so anytime you mention it as underrated you'll get them to be like oh, well somebody hasn't seen the 243 page thread and it's just like <laughs> okay but like i get does my mom know about this like oh no would the the person at like the water cooler know about this so like house or Hausu from 1977 the japanese horror slash comedy oh, wow. mostly horror film oh my god it's it's my favorite film of all favorite non-blade runner film of all time it's it's so it's so good and so just like you watch this and you're like what is why is this happening like how how was this the like oh yeah that's great no we get we don't need to reshoot that we could just keep going 
and <laughs> it's just like the effects that are used and just the the pacing of everything and the the humor and the god like if you look up the posters for it that should be enough of a selling point from that just like the movie posters if you haven't watched it for the love of god please watch it especially with halloween coming around and then my backup mm. if that but that is one that is like picked up speed especially within the past decade as like a this is a cult film everybody should watch um my backup was the cell by uh Tarsum oh, Singh from yeah. 2001, 2000. We're, uh, we were just talking about the cell yeah, yeah, yeah. On, the, oh. on the B-Shed stream oh, last God. night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that movie is just, it's just so pretty. It's <laughs> amazing. It's really interesting and great to watch. And yeah, yeah, I did not, I, I actually, I thought about it and I was like, oh, it's probably, people probably know about this one or liked it. And I, checked it out and it just got slammed by critics everywhere i'm like oh but uh, i mean yeah it's not perfect but it's really cool and good and uh, it's a good evening it's a good evening all right hmm. sir do you want to go next or you want me to go next uh, i'll go next i have right. two and they're both a little bit more modern than a 1970s horror comedy like uh wheelers uh my first one is of course the 2008 wachowski speed racer Mm, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that movie was amazing. Yeah. I thought it was so good. It was like visual candy. Oh, just chef kiss. And I don't know why people hated it as much as they did, but I was like, this is as someone who grew up watching Speed Racer, I was I was all about that movie. So this is exactly the sort of thing I'm talking about. Because I think you'll get people saying, What do you what do you mean everyone knows that Speed Racer is yeah. amazing? Because people have looped back around on it, right? Like Oh, do they like it again like, or do they hate it again? So, like, uh, Scott Pilgrim, right? That movie's phenomenal. I yeah. love it. I loved it when it came second, out. That was going to be my second one. Yeah. No way. And I love it now. It was, But it was it was roasted by critics at the time. But really? now everyone talks about it as like, oh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Obviously, that movie's great. Everyone knows that Scott Pilgrim's great. And it's like... And that soundtrack. Yeah. Was that, was that honestly your that second one? That was honestly going to be my second one. Scott Pilgrim <laughs> versus the world. Because I thought that, and again, uh, round the, let me Google that really quickly. When did the Scott Pilgrim movie came out? Because Speed Race was 2008. I think Speed, uh, Scott, 2007, 2009, maybe 2009, really? Than, maybe? It's an Edgar Wright film, which leads me to believe. 2010, 2010. 2010? Yeah, uh, so about two years apart. They felt fairly similar. Like, they're both visually very exciting. I don't know. I loved both of those movies, and yeah. If I had to answer another one, probably Hackers. Oh, Hackers is a quality hackers. film. That is, yeah. Hackers is great. Yeah. But now I've yeah. said three, so I'll uh, I'll stop talking. Hack All right. Well, do. so I mean, I've talked before, I think, on an Askler even about The Imposters, which is a movie that Paul and I lo both love very much, um, and I just think a lot of people don't know about it. So if you haven't seen it, The Imposters, yeah, with Oliver Platt and Stanley Tucci, and it's just it, and uh, God, so many people. Um, uh Isabella Rossellini, Alfred Molina, uh, um, uh, Steve Buscemi, Tony Shalhoub, um like so many it's oh. it's a, it's an ensemble cast. It's great. It's just it's a farce, but it's there's so many terrific little moments in it. But I've talked about that one a lot. So instead I'm going for uh 
two two examples of foreign cinema. So it's like here again. This is what I'm talking about because one of the ones that you should really watch is a movie called Tampopo, which is in the Criterion Collection. So yeah. it's like, is this underrated? I, I don't know, but people probably haven't heard of it. I can't I, yeah, really explain what Tampopo is about. Okay, um, <laughs> it, a lady runs a noodle shop, and truck drivers are cowboys. Go, just go watch Tempopo. To go it, don't worry about it. Go in and just let it sort of wash over you. That feels like something that people may have figured. Like Tempopo is the kind of film where it's just like a it kickstarted a certain style of film, right? Like again, yeah. uh, uh, what is it like ramen? Like a ramen westerners where like. <laughs> basically they took a pre-existing term or like oh this is now the how like this is the the splitting point or whatever and so it's just brought up a bunch and it feels like a wiki it feels like a wikipedia movie where people are like oh yeah. i've seen this name pop up and i know it's very good how is this you underrated should... no i've never yeah. watched it but you know that kind of exactly stuff. you yeah. should really it is impossible to describe you should really experience it yeah uh and then the other one the, from the like other end of the spectrum is a Jackie Chan movie called Gorgeous. And I recommend Gorgeous because it's not a Jackie Chan movie that people talk about. It's not Rumble in the Bronx. It's not Drunken Master. You know, mm. it's it's not even like, I don't know, like what's the really early one? Like Snake and Eagle's Shadow, right? Like it's not one of the marquee, well-known Jackie Chan movies, right? But it's just great. It's just really good. And it's, it's generally speaking, very wholesome. Like hmm. the 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 conflict gets resolved and then after that is the like final boss fight and it's between him and a henchman of the bad guy because they didn't really both parties did not feel like they had had a proper fight before earlier in the movie <laughs> when they fought earlier and they were like we just want to actually see which one of us is really better so can we do the fight properly for real <laughs> like that's the final fight is just uh, like a respect kind of thing and it's it's just it's like peak oh, jackie chan it. like great prop it. work just really clean like excellent kung fu and it's just yeah it's a it's a fun one i think paul and i rented it from a video store once just we were like oh jackie chan movie we've never heard of let's let's watch this and it's like yeah you know what it's just fun so it's from the era when like some random british guy was dubbing all of his <laughs> all of his dialogue <sighs> big sigh oh, i man. do City i do definitely Hunter. miss going to just the movie store and being like ooh random jet lee movie sure why not what else am i going to do this weekend right and you just like load up three or four movies you just walk through an aisle and you're like i'll take one of these and one of these and maybe i won't even watch them all the you don't get the same experience from netflix i'm no, sorry really by don't. the way for my cat there's like hear, it's, you can hear him it's wild that if you went across like the five people that influenced who i turned into as an adult like over my life like in that top five there's got to be the like old school otaku like blockbuster on hillside manager the person just, there like, was just like here you go kid just, watch this yeah he just like loaded like whoever decided what films got put up in like the anime section there it just mm -hmm. like it was either nobody was watching huh. how it happened or whatever and just like load it up on stuff and god bless my mother for not like knowing the difference between 
like uh, Mazinger and like Neon Genesis Evangelion and like just being like, oh, look, it's robots. And my mom's I like, remember, yeah, sure, why not? I, I remember the video rental store near our place. We actually filmed there in some early Loading Ready Run videos. The place called Yo Video. Oh, yeah. And it, they had like, you know, like uh, Ghost in the Shell on mm -hmm. VHS with a sticker that was like, not for kids. <laughs> Because it's like, yeah. it's really violent and there's titty. And it's like, this isn't because people be like, oh, cartoons, sure. And, and they'd be like, yep. uh, just so you know. So obviously we rented those. Mm. And it turns out Ghost in the Shell is great. But, um, but uh, yeah, the video store experience is, uh, you know, I'm, I, am, I am not one of those people who will ever be like, you know things calm down cat i will feed you in a moment uh who is who is like you know things things were better back when x was the case and kids today blah, 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 you know but this was something that i enjoyed that is no longer the case you, you can know? only so truly I'm, enjoy this on laser disc <laughs> i'm go oh christ so i'm coming at it from that lens right it's not like a it's not like a loss to the future of society but it's like i do miss that kind of has that like that thrift shop feel of like you're just like kind of inserted there and you're just browsing mm -hmm. around and you might find like this hidden treasure sort of like oh my god like i've never heard of this oh my god like i how have i never heard of this and pick that up instead of just like i uh, don't care don't care don't care like sitting on a streaming platform yeah uh, well, that I think will uh, will do it. Ask you know what? Hit us up other times if you want to ask us for more fun movies to watch. <laughs> we got time now um, to to watch stuff anyway. Uh, except I haven't been watching anything, so you know who knows. <laughs> um, uh, until uh, next time, um, that's uh, been Wheeler. Wheeler, where can people hit you up to uh, Twitch give you dot bad? Bad anime opinions. Oh, uh, bad anime opinions. If you want to drop bad anime opinions, it's twitch.tv slash Serge Yeager. Um, nice. Good, good. Nah, twitch.tv slash Benjamin underscore Wheeler. And then on Twitter at BWheelerMTG. And Serge. Uh, Serge Yeager on Twitch. Serge Yeager on Twitter. Serge Yeager. Serge Yeager. Serge Yeager. <laughs> And I'm on Twitter at Graham underscore LRR. And uh, thank, thanks to all of you, as we mentioned, um, for your support of us, either through being a member on this channel or on our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Or, as we always say, just by being here, just by watching, that helps a huge amount. Tell your friends, you know, we've we got to where we are by just making things that we like and hoping that other people like them too, so... Hopefully you like this as well. Uh, thanks to Paul for uh, running tech on this. And thanks to Heather hey, for uh, organizing all of the questions and yeah, doing general general <laughs> production on the show. And that'll do it. Talk to you next time on Askler. Mm -hmm.